Gentlemen, we are abandoning garage band altogether because that mofo has been crashing on us twice in the past two hours. So, <laughs> but we are going to just finish up on the discussion with regards to screenplay. Wina, you want to say something about uh, adapted screenplay? Adapted screenplay, yes. No, it's just I was I was searching about this uh, a movie that has been uh, in Oscar that actually won an Oscar, mm-hmm. um, and based on the on the book. Right. Well, there's a lot of that actually. For example, for the best adapted screenplay, I noticed that American Sniper, The Imitation Game, and um, Theory of Everything is based on a true story. Right. And then I remember a couple of years ago, I watched. Have you ever watched Girl Interrupted? Yes, I have. Okay, that was brilliant in terms of the acting, right? Yeah. And then I read the book actually, and I was actually quite shocked. So I watched, I watched the the film first, then I read the book. Hmm. So it's the other way process uh, of, of of enjoying a certain film. But then I was actually quite shocked because the the book was so different with the film. Hmm. It's just more on the Susanna, or which is the main character's um, inner thoughts and what okay. happens around her. So it's more so, of a first-person perspective, Yeah, right? first-person perspective. So I was a bit actually quite um, shocked with that uh, because the movie is told very differently. So apparently, again, uh, even the, the the author of the book, which is Susanna herself, uh-huh. tells that the film has already been overly dramatized. Right. So I was thinking about all of those adapted screenplay. Um, again, for working in films, you do have to have a certain knack to make everything dramatized, right? Yes. Or otherwise, it's not it's not going to be a very appealing film to the audience, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, it could be again. Um, in terms of the, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened in reality with Alan Turing, but. Probably she, probably he didn't really break down in in the film like it was actually being portrayed. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's one of the scene that is being put there to make everything dramatized. You know. Absolutely. Uh, There's there's always something that you have to consider, of course, because we we don't always know for sure. how true something is even yeah. even though uh, the book might have a certain perspective mm-hmm. uh, you have to understand that the book itself has different you know different agendas different yeah. ways of looking at yeah, things yeah. so that's, that's something to consider yeah. um, so what you pointed out about the imitation game is very interesting precisely because it is a story that for many years quite a lot of people have not uh, have not acknowledged as much so these are all factors to be considered ultimately uh, the director and the scriptwriter, at least in my view, has a certain responsibility to ensure that while the essence of the truth is not messed around with too much, the end result is still a very different medium from the original. Uh, right? okay. So the, the film and the magazine, the film and the novel, the magazine and the novel and so on and so forth, these are all very different media through which a certain story is told. Mm. And as much as uh, we would like to have the imitation game explain or show everything mm-hmm. in a realistic or accurate way, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is a film that has certain 
boxes he has to tick, right? And certainly the story of Alan Turing is of someone who has played a very significant role. He deserves more than just two hours, yeah. right? But but we do have to condense everything. Yeah. And in that regard, you do have to pick and choose what you show, or perhaps more importantly, what you don't show for, for certain reasons. So yeah. I do think that's... Yeah, the, uh, the fact that he's actually a homosexual and sometimes it was such a taboo in that time. Exactly. Again, it was actually presented quite um, nicely. It's not uh, it's not exposing a lot on the fact that he's homosexual, but it's exposing his work, mm. which is something that is a good a good thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So at the very least, we, you and I, and everybody else will probably have a better idea of who Alan Turing is. Okay. I meant that I meant that it's not uh, going against a homosexual or whatnot, but I think it's best to focus on his work rather than who he who he is or who he was, basically. So it's a yeah, it's a good light in terms of explaining his work. Right. Mm. I think that's just good enough for now. Hopefully, whatever film we watch, ultimately at the end of the day, we should not take it as a realistic representation. I remember Sukarno, uh, oh, I think yeah. uh, a year or two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, quite a lot of people were upset mm-hmm. by the depiction of Sukarno himself in that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, a <laughs> Again, that face you made. I don't, I don't know whether it's about your iced tea or whether it's about Sukarno. No, it's about iced tea, sorry. It's about sorry, iced not tea. about my founding fathers. It's just... <laughs> It's just the ice is too sweet. Okay, sorry. Well, you're the one who put all the. Good lord. I put too much. I put too much. Yes. Anyways, um, so we move on from that. Um, best to just take films as what they are, right? Uh, rather than actual reality uh, the way we would like it to be. Yeah. So we move on from screenplays to cinematography. It was a nice segue. You mentioned Girl Interrupted, and that was a film that Angelina Jolie herself won an Oscar, an Academy Award for. Uh, she for was best. brilliant in that. She was oh brilliant God. in that film. She directed one of the films nominated here, Unbroken. Um, and Unbroken is a film... Uh, I, I remember thinking it was something about the Second World War. I think uh, She was always very political in her movie, I think. The first one is about Bosnia, or her, uh, again, something that happened in East Europe. It's about two girls surviving in war. That's kind of thing, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a mighty oh, I, I don't know. No, not a mighty heart. Uh, so we're doing this while we actually wicking <laughs> Angelina Jolie. You mean a film that she? Has. I like I like her name. Like how Rose, her name Rose in my town. Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Well, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people like the way she would roll in on that. <laughs> <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> oh my goodness! Horrendous. Um, Korea. Oh, good lord. Um, what film are you talking about? What film is that? That's not Lara Croft. No, <laughs> she didn't direct Lara Croft. What was the other film she directed? Uh, what, I thought this was a directorial debut, wasn't it? No. Um, it's not actually. No. Tourists? Oh, hello. Uh, in, in the, the land, land of, of blood, blood and honey. And honey? That was, oh, she directed that as well. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Directed by Angelina Jolie. Oh, there you go. There you go. I I totally forgot about this. You're absolutely right. Okay, so this is a film that was released a number of years ago, uh, 2011. Oh, and written by Angelina herself. Wow. Written by Angelina herself. Have you seen this film? 
not yet. No? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to... Oh, I look very serious and then turns out not, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, un, sorry, where, where was I? Unbroken mm. right, is a film that she directed Probably recently. something that goes along the line of what she did, you know, being the ambassador of UN and things like that. Something along that line. Uh, possibly what I am thinking of is uh, how this was uh, a film that was one of the main issues right, of the Sony email hack recently. Do you remember that film, uh, that, that particular issue of uh, mm-hmm. Sony being yeah, yeah, hacked yeah. and everything? Yeah. And one of the emails leaked was how a producer had basically just talked about Unbroken being a film that is something of a vanity project for mm, yeah. Angelina Jolie. Right? Uh, the, the story itself is about the, uh, Louis Zamperini, a real-life Olympian and athlete who survived in a raft 47 days after his bomber. All right, was down in the Second World War and then sent to a series of prisoner of war camps. Okay? So it sounds like the kind of inspirational story that you and I will probably uh, enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. But certainly the, the word around the story becomes something more than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. so I, I know of this film, Unbroken, before I know of what the story is about itself. You know what I mean? Mm. What, what do you think of the idea of Angelina Jolie as a director? Does, does she strike you as a kind of actress who would... Uh, <laughs> I don't mind. You don't? Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind Angelina Jolie change profession. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why not? She could actually do whatever she wants. She's, she's freaking Angelina Jolie. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not talking about whether she can, but should she? Right. Is, is she someone who strikes you as someone who would um, well, be a good director? I don't know for sure, but I think she has a lot of. Um, got, I think she got a lot of inspirations being an ambassador of UN. All right. Seeing all of those situations out there, so if she's making any movie that got to do with awareness, it's not something that I'm. Uh, yes, it, it's definitely something that along of her alley. I cannot imagine that she will directed a movie of like chick flick or something like that. Mm. I, I don't think she's cut for that. You know what I mean? She cut for like a deeper, uh, more awareness type of issues of, of, of the film project that she is going to do. Mm. And and if I'm not mistaken, she actually tells that, that she's actually retiring from acting. She'll be fully behind screen. That's the rumor. Nice. That's her. Uh, I think not not just a rumor. She, she stated that. Mm. So I'm looking forward to many of her films. Okay. Her as a director, but I'm 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 thinking it's not going to be one of those happy comedy ha 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 types of film. <laughs> it's all going to be awareness. It's all going to be serious drama. This kind of thing. Right. I'm pretty sure that she's that's the kind of thing that she's going to take in terms of project. Okay. All right. So let's go back again to cinematography. Since since Fikri is the director here, uh, what would be your criteria for best cinematography? Well, for me, essentially, if, if I were to look at cinematography, I look at a number of different things. Lighting is one. Oh. Color is another. Um, <laughs> I'm not spouting forth some magic beans from my no. mouth. These are all just very. Uh, I'm just expressing. 
but yeah, uh, essentially how you see what you see on screen, right? Uh, what you see on screen, right, is important, but how is that shown? Uh, the, the the choices made by the director of photography or the cinematographer is related to uh, lighting and color, essentially, and. We go back to Unbroken because uh, the cinematographer Roger Deakins mm-hmm. is someone who certainly is very well known in this field as a cinematographer. At least he has been nominated uh, quite a number of times, but I'm not sure whether he has actually won. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I can't remember. I, I don't think so. Right off the top of my head, right now, and I'm not going to go online and check, but I know he has been nominated many times, but he has not won. Skyfall was uh, a film that he made. Recently, it was nominated as well, right? Mm. The James Bond film. Have you seen mm. that film, by the way? Skyfall. I think so. All right. There, there were a number of very visually expressive scenes mm. uh, where uh, the lighting told the story as mm. much as the actors themselves, mm. and I think that's the criteria that you have to bear in mind. How much of the story is being told, not just to the actors or the, the costume design and everything, but through the lighting and the colors and the position of the camera. Uh-huh. Right? I've okay. seen the Grand Budapest Hotel. What do you think of that? The cinematography in Grand Budapest? Because, again, Wes Anderson films always have a different, always have his own distinguished color uh, ed- uh, shot, you yeah. know, those kind of things. It's... For me, it's oh. When I saw it, it's like oh, very Wes Anderson. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So what what do you think about the Grand Budapest Hotel? Because it's not done by, it's done by someone else, by Robert Yeoman. Yes, yes. Uh, the directors. Ye- Yeoman. Robert Yeoman. Yeoman. Uh, I, I think it's Yeoman. Um, if you want Yo, to, in, man. if you want to Indone- Indonesianize it um, or Malaysianize it, Yeoman. Yeoman. Sounds like my friend's name, Yeoman. Yeah. Or anyway, there's someone who's called Yeoman. <laughs> Yo mama. <laughs> Yo mama. You're understanding what I had to go through back in my high school years in London. Uh, <laughs> Yo mama. Yeah, right, just, anyway, just, I'm not even kidding. The very basic comeback. You know, whenever somebody says something to you, you just your mum, your mum, whatever. Whatever it is that people say to you, the best comeback or one of the most insulting you know, that you can come up with is your mum. Okay. All right. so from, I'm not insulting them. No, <laughs> from, from your mum to your man um, of the Grand Budapest Hotel. For me, the, the most interesting aspect of any Wes Anderson film is always how the camera is always positioned right in front of you. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And that's quite fun straight in a way. Straightforward, right? It is very straightforward. But I do see this as a bit of an issue as well. Mm-hmm. Partly because it has become such a strong characteristic of Wes Anderson films. Mm-hmm. I feel that in so many ways he has become trapped by this particular style that is so unique to him. If he wants to step out of this, it's, it's going to be quite difficult, mm-hmm. right? And it's, um, it's not going to be as Andersonian, so to speak, as his Andersonian, previous... I like that. Yeah, <laughs> and Andersonian. Because there's a lot of... Um, Andersonian film out there that sort of the same in terms of similar style and um, yeah, light colors mm. as Andersonian. Yeah, let's say that. Mm, yeah. Nice. So I, I think he has a chance, right? There's something strange about the Grand Budapest Hotel because it was released a long time ago. It was released and that's actually, last year. Yeah, and that's Wes Anderson, like sort, of, sort of like the black sheep of, um, or sorry, black horse, not black sheep. <laughs> different, different, different. Animal, sorry. <laughs> the, the dark horse. The dark horse, sorry. 
Oh it's, a racist, it's a racist against black horses. Black horses. And black sheep, for that matter. Black, black horse was the one who's uh, a film about beautiful horse. It's a beautiful film. <laughs> Please edit that. <laughs> we will edit that by keeping it in. <laughs> No, um, dark horse. The dark horse. The dark horse of Oscar, because now no one actually think of. Um, I think they're actually quite surprised with the nomination itself, because mm. Wes Anderson probably doesn't get um, as much credit um, as the fellow Oscar nominee before. Yeah. Yeah, and I think come as a surprise actually. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, um, the attention paid to the Anderson works have always been more on the fringes, right? Mm, it's, it's always exactly. been considered the more same, hipster. The same like <laughs> I'm not, I, This is actually quite true. Did you I, say you, uh, Anderson I, is I, for hipster? I just finished marking an honest thesis uh-huh. from someone at Monash Malaysia, mm-hmm. right? And the focus of this thesis is how Wes Anderson can be considered as an author or as an author mm-hmm. uh, and how this can be analyzed through his recurring cast members, right? Yeah. Like Bill Murray, yeah, Owen yeah. Wilson, who always appear in his films. Owen Wilson, um, Luke Wilson. Yeah, Luke Wilson, yeah, he appears, not as much as Owen. Um, but the fact is... But Grand uh, Budapest doesn't have Owen, right? Yes. It does? Yes. Oh, it's just, I didn't notice. A one-shot cameo. Oh. <laughs> Because I noticed that uh, now, instead of Owen, also he he works with Adrian Brody a lot, I think. Yes, Adrian Brody was also in the Dar- Darjeeling Limited, right? Yeah, Darjeeling Limited as well. No, yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah. So, uh, the, the thesis focused on that. And uh, the author of this thesis did actually cite how Anderson is a preferred choice for people who consider themselves to be hipster. Uh, I, I, I might fit in. You no. might fit in. Well, <laughs> I wish. Do you like Wes Anderson films? No. No? <laughs> no, because I'm denying, I'm denying my hipsterness. I'm not a hipster. I'm just acting how my age is. <laughs> to act the way my age is. So, sorry. Yeah. Act your age, not your shoe size. Or the other way around. Uh, and it's okay. easy. That, that was a marketing campaign <laughs> for a, a shoe brand a number of years ago. Oh, okay. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is here, however, is the best cinematography category. I do think that all of them are nominated for very different kinds of work. I don't know um, about Minister Turner here. What is that movie? I neither do I. Neither do I. We probably should know, but this is the kind of ship we run here. We're, we're not entirely aware. Okay, next next podcast will be films that we do not watch. <laughs> that was, that which, will be a very is, on which, point. Which is pretty much uh, like all the other podcasts that we have done up until now. There you go. So, um, that's the cinematography category. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, the other nominees, Birdman uh, and Ida and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on to the supporting actors uh, category in a short while, ladies and gentlemen, so don't go away. It's all oh, good as well. My list of my patient again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because I, um, I was thinking about okay, whether or not her acting is really powerful or not in that particular character. Okay, 
Right. So we are talking about right now the the, the best supporting actress category. Um, I don't know whether we now is aware that I started recording already, but I, well, I have pressed the red button, and you are wondering about Kira Knightley in the Imitation Game. No, the thing about the why I'm wondering is that whether or not she performed quite strong compared to the other nominations. Mm. So, for example, uh, well, Kira Knightley again. Uh, 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 a very important character in the imitation game and she did deliver some of the uh, touching yeah I could say touching performance in terms of loving this homosexual man and they plan to get married mm. but you know um, in that situation they actually help one another mm. right uh, one would be a cover second would be for uh, family issues those kind of things so but in terms of acting I cannot see uh, something that really stand out in my opinion right. for Kira Knightley. Why do you think she was nominated then? I don't know why. To be because honest. she's Kira Knightley. Maybe be- okay because she's she's been trying so hard to get into that list. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Before before there's this movie, I forgot what what movie it is, but it's actually about um, Freud and. Uh, a psychoanalytic kind of um, a psychological history movie which I forgot mm-hmm. the, the title of the film okay. where she actually filmed really passionately and she was actually hoping to get nominated well I don't know whether or not she hoped but I think it's, it's certainly the, the level of performance it was actually desperate trying to reach for an award nomination you know what mm. I mean yeah, yeah. but it sort of failed in my opinion she trying too hard in my opinion okay for that particular film so that's why I guess the academy acknowledged her efforts to be in the award okay <laughs> I think she is a serious actress oh absolutely despite of the Pirates of Caribbean and whatnot <laughs> but um but the imitation game, um, I don't know whether or not she really actually stands out. Hmm. Emma Stone, I, even though I see her clips of it, did really deliver a much more emotional act performance than Kira Knightley, in my opinion. All right. Even though it's only I, I haven't seen Birdman, which I'm because again Emma Stone is one of my favorite actresses. Yeah. Um, and Kira Knightley not so much, so I'm probably quite subjective here. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, just from the clip itself, Emma Stone deliver much more emotional performance than Kira Knightley, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's much more emotional, but certainly I have a lot of time for Emma Stone because she just has she has a certain sass yeah, in her yeah, performances yeah. from in, in almost any film that you see her in. Okay, she, there's always be something that's her character, and it's very inimitable. It's very difficult to to imitate. All right. So, what about Meryl Streep? My goodness. Good Lord, I, I tell you what. Senior actress. I, I, I think she's wonderful. She's talented, but quite frankly, uh, I do get bored of seeing her name in these lists uh, because. But then again, this is, as you say, there's probably a certain kind of bias. It's certainly not a reflection on her talent or, or her performances, but 
I I just feel like every year it seems like she, her name pops every up. Every year is her year. <laughs> every year is her year. My goodness, I wish I could be like that. <laughs> every year is her year. Uh, she is a wonderful actress. But uh, you know, when it comes to uh, okay, Kira Knightley and Stone and all of that, is that we always see a bit of her. Uh, oh, for Emma Stone, we always see a bit of her own character. You mm. know what I mean? But for Meryl Streep, I never see her real character. Mm. In my opinion, she is it, But isn't that the mark of a good actress? Yeah, that's why. I think that's why she always got nominated. <laughs> I think that's the reason why she always got nominated. And maybe we we never knew who's the real Meryl Streep is. You know what I mean? Kind of scary in a way. Right. We never knew which one is her real personality. Okay. Well, that, well, that's certainly sort of like Scanlon and Darkly. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we never knew who she was. We never will. We never will. Um, the, the remaining nominees are Laura Dern for the film Wild and Patricia Arquette for Boyhood. Well, I personally, I always have a lot of time for Patricia Arquette. Um, I think she's a wonderful actress. Really? Uh, yeah, I do. And uh, she just always flies. Well, <laughs> it's like looking at Helena Bonham Carter. It's like always weird. Possibly, but I, I'm. Remember what we talked about earlier with regards to Amir Khan and, and PK and whatnot. You talked about how in, in Amir Khan's films, PK, uh, the, the character portrayed by Amir Khan is always someone who's weird and, and strange. And my opinion on that is not so much that he's weird or strange. It's just that we are the one making him weird and we are the one making him strange. Precisely because the kind of innocence portrayed by him is is weird according to our cynical standards. So. If anything, it, it is a, a mark of, of the level of innocence and, and sincerity in the character that shines through. And I think uh, a similar criterion could be applied for Patricia Arquette, at least, right? Weird, really? I, I, don't, I don't know whether it's weird, per se, but certainly in the films that she has been in... Um, she, she, she did really, like, looks like really intense in all of her films. Yeah. There's, there's a certain humanity that shines through, right? And I think that's that's always important. Always important. It's not always good to be cynical of that. I think, right? Okay, best supporting actor. Best a number, actor. The number of very interesting nominations here, right? Five, uh, right? Okay. Some All big top, names. Yeah, big names. Top superstars here. Some, um, some of the more senior actors crawling their way back into the uh, uh, contendership, if you like. Um, <laughs> you have Robert Duvall from The Judge. Ethan Hawke from Boyhood, Edward Norton in Birdman, Mark Ruffalo. Have you? Uh, did you hear about the jokes oh. from Golden Globe? No. What about that? <laughs> I love that joke. Um, again, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, best comedian actress out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're actually doing the. Um, what do you call that? Uh, uh, a, a skit about who would you rather? So who would you rather, uh, Edward Norton or Mark Ruffalo? And then Tina Fey was like, okay, uh, which one is the hub? Well, both of them are the hub, okay. <laughs> and he was like, okay, um, I would go with Edward Norton because he's a methodological actor. He could act like he's really into it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Amy Poehler was like, oh, definitely for me, Mark Ruffalo. Because everyone here know I like it, Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> And I love like so right now I'm so excited I'm going to watch Ruffalo in Foxcatcher next week. Next week? Not this week? I thought you said this week. Oh yeah, sorry, this week. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're so excited. You have lost I'm, all I'm sense so of time. I, I like it buffalo. Yeah. yeah. Well, personally, I, I like to keep it Simmons or, or J.K. Simmons from Whiplash. Now, Whiplash is a film I've not heard much of before the Busan International Film Festival. Ooh, right? So it's a, a, a bit of an um, old film then? A couple no, of no. years ago? No, no, no. no. The, oh. <laughs> Busan has a festival every year. <laughs> Dang. Dang. And uh, this uh, last year, at least, late last year in October, the film Whiplash was screened and a, a number of the Malaysian contingent, they visited the festival and they checked the film out and the response on Facebook were so enthusiastic. Right? It really caught my eye and I thought to myself, okay, well, this is a film that I have to watch. Coming soon in Jakarta, man. Coming the other soon. day, I saw the ad, it's coming soon to Jakarta. I'm so excited. So excited. Okay, why are you excited about Whiplash? Because, again, it's so cool. It's... Uh, it's uh, first of all, we're going to see lots of um, cool music, yeah. jazz in particular, or cool dr- uh, drums as well. And then you see G.K. Simmons, who's basically play many of characters before. Yeah, absolutely. She's just in every movie. <laughs> It's like, it's like the, he's the, a very busy guy. Mel, it's like Meryl Streep with a penis. <laughs> yeah, well, not that weird. No, not, not literally, of course. No, no. Not no literally. but Meryl Streep has a different character, but J.K. Simmons always plays this particular character as either the father figure yeah. or an asshole. <laughs> Or the asshole father figure. Or the asshole father figure, exactly. So, uh, in this particular one, again, I've seen the trailer. Jacob Simmons, again, really intense. I could see why he won supporting actor in the Golden Globe. Because he was really intense. He was very domineering. He basically, uh, you know, sort of punched and kind of got a bit abusive towards the pupil or the drum player. Yeah. And he was so intense and um, sort of like a good mentor. In order to be a good mentor, you have to be an evil mentor, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So he's, he's that character. Well, that's the principle is, I apply to all my students. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which is why they're all uh, crying out for help. But, <laughs> yeah, but Robert Duval. Oh man, you know he's he's a senior. Actor. Have you have you seen him in The Judge? By the way, have, have, again uh, trailer, trailer, trailer. I saw The Judge uh, not not that long ago. Still trying to find time to sit down and write a review for it. I have to say, um, it is a performance that was that was really good, but it was really good in part because of the person he had to play against, and that was Robert oh, Downey Jr. The, so the, inter- the the good thing about the judge was the interactions between Robert Duvall and Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey, Ro- the Roberts. <laughs> the Roberts. Yeah. That's ah. right. The, the the Roberts. They were the the ones who made the film what it was. Uh, okay. Uh, as I, as I tried to explain to my friends, they asked me, oh, what was he like in that film? And the way I explained it was, well, if you like Tony Stark, imagine Tony Stark... Um, having a soul. <laughs> having a soul, yeah, absolutely. Having a soul of his own. Um, in that film, yeah, Tony Stark with uh, daddy issues. Um, but the... the Therein lies the strength of the performance, the, the interaction between the, the, the different actors. So it's a very unique kind of performance in the sense that you're not playing off against somebody else. Uh, sorry, it's, you're not doing all this by yourself, and that's important as well. But to play it off against another character and another actor who's equally strong 
Now that that makes it unique, and for me, that was what made his performance in The Judge strong enough to be considered um, as one of the leading supporting performances over yeah. the past year or so. Um, so it's, nice. it's worth checking out. For my for my money, I, I totally agree with you. I, I would say J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Just skip Simmons. <laughs> That's what Tina Fey said. <laughs> And that's why Elmer again he's in every every movie ever. Yeah, well he 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 just certainly deserves it. For me the the defining performances of his career was as uh, Peter Parker's editor in the Spider Man films. <laughs> it's always I just oh god I love him. I love him in those films. Love him in those films. Just fantastic. Oh he's been in so many films actually. He's always oh. That's true. Actress, actress, this Ooh. one is excited because I have a question for you. Oh, good lord. What is the question? No, because the thing is, we've got uh, Marion Popular, Felicity Jones, Julian Moore, Rosamund Pike, and Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Uh, a lot of people said Golden Globe is a good indicator for Oscar, hmm. so probably Julian Moore is hmm. going to win. I, I don't know. Hmm. But there's something about Rosamund Pike. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah? if you've seen... Have you seen Golden Globe? I have seen Golden Globe. Have you? She is nuts. She is nuts. Give me a five of that. We just high five each other on the nutsness. Right. And then of the question Rosamund is Pike. if you want to rate craziness, <laughs> right? Uh, do you think she's in the league with Sharon Stone and um, Glenn Close? Sharon Stone in Basic oh. Instinct, uh, uh, Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction, mm. right? And then Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl. Oh. With, and then uh, you know, I'm thinking about psycho, sociopath. <laughs> Uh, the characters in films because okay. actually of strong women and demented <laughs> in a way well I can definitely guarantee that these are the characters or the actresses who will not get a subtitling job with an Indonesian television company because <laughs> they will fail the psychological test that's for sure <laughs> right? but coming back to what you pointed out yes um, it is an astounding performance all right? which, okay, well, in terms of crazy in a level which one is actually the highest Ooh. oh good lord Sharon Stone I, I would say <laughs> no not uh, I would say that it's between Rosamund Pike and Sharon Stone. And we're not talking about the actresses themselves per se, just yeah, the, the, the characters, the characters so. right? Um, I would say it's between the two of them because... Uh, not Glenn Close with the boiling rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> for, me, Hickory, for me, she boiled a freaking rabbit. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not saying that's not nuts, but I'm saying... That overall, what makes it even crazier is how normal some of them seem. Uh, and what makes Rosamund Pike stand out. Sharon Stone from a mile away, right? <laughs> okay, again, not... Dangerous. Not, not, oh, she's dangerous. Not, not the actress, again. Okay? Okay, the, the characters that she played in Basic Instinct, right? From a mile away, you can tell that she's trouble. And that's the character that is portrayed. Uh, that the, the classic femme fatale, the way you expect but uh, Rosamund Pike, uh, her character in Gone Girl, is the complete opposite of that. And when and when things does turn around, it's even more shocking, precisely because of who she is, what she looked like, and what she has been like leading up to to that moment, right? And and that's. I that's, think whoever whoever um, smash her own face definitely a crazy person level it's like gone up there yeah and even more so to make it seem as if somebody else had done that I think there's a lot of now it comes to my mind Um, Katie Bates in um, one of the Hitchcock films as well yeah very good in terms of playing the psycho girl (laughs) 
Um, who else? Uh, Rebecca something with the hand that rocks the cradle. I think it's an old old film. So. Oh, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, remember. Again, I wish I would remember. We should, we should talk about like level of craziness. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be the perfect person to talk about. I'll, I'm uh, not going to smash my own face <laughs> for that. Ho- hopefully not in front of me, and hopefully you don't blame me for it. All right. Um, oh an interesting okay. subtext here. Um, in the film Gone Girl, Rosamund Pike um, had sex with uh, a character played by Neil Patrick Harris. Barney! Uh, Barney. <laughs> and uh, Neil Patrick Harris is actually going to be hosting the Oscars, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my god, there are going to be so, lots of jokes around that. Yeah, I, I hope that the, the, the scene that they choose, you know, when they say, and the nominees are, and then, and then they show that scene, and then, and then they're just going to cut to Neil Patrick Harris for a moment just to see. Like, yeah, that was good, but that was nuts as well. Oh my god, oh my god. Okay, okay. So, but I don't know. Julian Moore is a strong contender for this one. Alright. That's because of the, the character that she played that's very challenging. I'm sorry, I haven't seen it again. But, you know, Julian Moore has always been great in her movies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. She has not been as recognized compared to all the other actors. So, I do think that she has a good chance of winning. But again, I think that's largely down to the kind of character that she had to portray simply because um, her role is certainly one that's more challenging. A lot of the other characters, um, they are challenging roles in their own rights, but Felicity Jones in theory of everything, actually. Um, oh, in my mind, wife. Oh, absolutely. But I, wife, I feel right? that she is nominated in this category as much for the fact that she's involved in this film that's nominated for a lot of other stuff. You oh, know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Okay. So, it's a strong performance. But is it really the top five performances of the year? I've not seen all the films over the past calendar year, but I would probably say there might be a few others that I can think of that would deserve to, to be nominated here. Yeah. Right? Certainly, the film Selma. Um, oh, yeah. Selma uh, is none. Selma has been, has been missing. We will discuss that a bit more later on because it is a bit of a contrast controversy uh, for political quite a lot of issues, people. Some people say political, some people say racial. I I would offer a different opinion on that, but we will get to that opinion in a short right, while. Now it's best actor. Now Ooh, it's best actor. Contender, oh, contender. I don't know, seriously. Well, for me, Benedict Cumberbatch, I don't think he will win, because like I said before. Okay, alright. Uh, um, because you say before? Yeah, because uh, again, it's not that a stretch out of his regular characters, hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, Michael Keaton in Birdman is always about comeback. Everybody, everyone loves a good comeback. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Aggie Redmayne um, and Bradley Cooper and Steve Carell actually portraying an, a, a real person. Well, Benedict as well, actually. Yeah, okay, right. And Michael Keaton Michael, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In a way, it's based on his life, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on the as, dead. Batman, I think it's a Birdman. You probably yeah. can't get the Batman rights. Okay, okay let me put it this way then. Let me frame it this way Steve Carell for Fox Catcher, Bradley Cooper for American Sniper, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Imitation Game, Michael Keaton for Birdman. Man, and Eddie Redmayne for the theory of everything. Who do you want to win? Oh, I don't know. Seriously. Okay, who do you like okay, the most? Uh, let's look at it. Um, Eddie Redmayne. Um, Redmayne. <laughs> Redmayne. Sorry. He was a uh, uh, very good in *Lemmings Half*, in my opinion. Right. Okay. Um, and I, I bet he's actually again playing Steve Hawking. Um, very challenging against someone who has a very active mind, but uh, again, the body is not mm. supporting his mind. Mm. Right. So. 
challenging characters, challenging roles. Uh, I'm pretty sure the best run would be Eddie Redmayne again. All right. Yeah. Michael Keaton, a comeback story. Uh, and as we know, Oscar is such a huge sucker for a comeback comeback story. Yeah. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't think, even though he's very good in my opinion in *Imitation Game*, but it's not that stretch in terms of his regular character. Okay. So right. I could actually see Sherlock. I could actually see uh, uh, Khan, like you said before, right. during that. Bradley Cooper. Uh, again, I think one of the reason why she's actually uh, nominated is because this. Uh, Patriotic values, <laughs> you know, as an American sniper, you know, and you know, patriotic, supporting our troops, that kind of um, uh, mentality, I guess, that's, that goes into the Bradley Cooper nomination. Steve Carell, in my opinion, would be because how shocking he is in Foxcatcher compared to his other films. Hmm. He's not doing comedy, guys. Foxcatcher is not a comedy. It's shocking for me. I thought it's, it's not a comedy. Be- what, what would make you think it's a comedy? Because of- because at the very beginning, before I researched this film, I thought Foxcatcher is about people catching fox. <laughs> Kind of like Benny Hill, like catching fox, you know. And it's Steve Carell. So it turns out, no, it's a serious movie, guys. Serious. Yeah, and let's not laugh at that. But let's <laughs> let's enjoy it for what it is. I, I do agree with you from from the offset, right? Um, from the outset, sorry. The name Foxcatcher doesn't really jive. It doesn't. It makes you think, huh? What? It, it, it reminds me of that uh, title for the Bond film a few years ago, Quantum of Solace. Right? It's, it doesn't strike you as a kind of feature film title. And yet, there it is. Okay? And the same goes for Foxcatcher as well, at least for me. No, I because think the, the reason why is the, the Dupont character is uh, use the, the previous his. Um, it's got to do with. Again, it's got to do with Fox, actually. Yeah, the real animal of Fox. That's why it's Okay. Well, we will know more about that uh, when this weekend rolls around. Yeah. For me, here's here's the way it breaks down for me for for the best actors uh, being nominated here. <clears throat> I think in terms of challenging roles, Eddie Redmayne has a strong chance of winning. Mm-hmm. All right, having seen the theory of everything, it is a challenging role. It really is, and and the physical. Uh, transformation that he has to go through not just you know uh, through the makeup and everything but also through his acting performance itself that physical transformation is quite difficult to to attain and that's always going to be a challenge and I do think that um, the way he has performed certainly merits him as a strong um, chance right you're right about Michael Keaton I always have time for Michael Keaton all right Um, I hate the falling star (laughs) I hate not so much hate, but Bradley Cooper. I feel like he's nominated every single year. <laughs> What's going on here? The male equivalent of a metal strip? No. Oh, no. 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 Still that, that, that's still J.K. Simmons, maybe. But the point he's is, still, he's still the stud in every of his movies. Absolutely. I look at him. I see an actor who's at the top of his game, but I also see someone who's always. Um, He's, he's, like you say, he's a stud. He's funny. Such a stud. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's. He want me want to flip my hair. Let, let me put it this way: I can't shake off the Hangover film. <laughs> yeah. I always see that. I see Bradley Cooper and I see that character. I think that's the same thing. Those applies with Benedict Cumberbatch. I always see Sherlock. 
So that's the kind of thing. And serious, smart, understanding guy. Alright. Okay, so perhaps our opinions are biased in that way. But certainly, my personal choice, right? I'm I'm a Steve Carell guy all the way, right? And I, and I will explain to you why. And it's not about catching foxes. <laughs> it's not about catching foxes. It is about the telling of jokes. He was on the show, The Daily Show, uh, so many years ago. And he was one of the main highlights or main performers on that show, right? And especially this is one segment called Even Stephen, where it was him versus Stephen Colbert. Oh, and then they would talk about religion, they would talk about prostitution and all that kind of stuff. It's really funny, it's great. And for me, um, to see someone come so far from such a position of relative, you know, disrespect, because people don't always look to the Daily Show, certainly not at that time. This was 2004-ish prior to that, I think, um, around 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't really see that as the breeding ground for a top acting performer. Yeah, right? yeah I think and, it's an honorable mention. And, and for me, um, my personal stakes here are all positioned with, with Steve Carell, simply because I'm just a big fan of the man, personally and, and professionally, and I would love... I would love nothing more than to see someone who come from the Daily Show, right? a comedy freaking show from Comedy Central, which at that time was not one of the major players, not, not the way it is now, to come from that and to go on to win the freaking Oscars. I think that was just freaking awesome. For me. For me. But I think you're... <laughs> you think I'm nuts? <laughs> no, I think it's going. It's not. It's only a dream thing. <laughs> well, you wish. You wish. He changed his nose. It worked for Nicole Kidman. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, my oh, his my teeth. Bet, I, think. I can't remember what he changed. Is, uh, Eddie all right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It is a strong performance. So there's only one way of finding out. All let's right? see. Let's see. All right. Okay. Last but not least, is it? Oh no. No, no. no. There are two more categories to go through. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so we're not quite done yet. We're gonna take another short break, and we'll be right back after this. So don't go away. Alexandro Gonzalez in Naritu. Yes. Go. Alexandro? Alejandro? Alejandro. <laughs> I, I can't remember. It says X here. Well, Alejandro. Yeah. But yes, yes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. <laughs> we're moving on to the final two categories. Best Director and Best Picture. Okay. So, Best Director, uh, Inaritu for Birdman, Linklater for Boyhood, Bennett Miller, Foxcatcher, Anderson for Grand Budapest Hotel, and Martin Tilden for the imitation game. Right. Why, 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 why? No, we already talked about Blinglater uh, um, and Wes Anderson, how they basically appeal to a certain... They have their own groupies. Hmm. Right? Blinglater and Wes Anderson, oh, I should say. We've not talked about Inaritu so much. We've not talked about Inaritu. Birdman so much. Yeah, Inaritu. Right? Uh, intense. Very intense movies that he made. Um... I, we just saw the trailer of Batman. Looks wonderful. Looks great. Looks <laughs> looks like something that I want to watch. Right. Uh, Does it look like something that will win an Oscar? I can't say. I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. Right. But you know, you know I think the for Batman, the Michael Keaton factors is play really, really strong for that. Right. Um, and, and I think yeah, Inaruto, how Inaruto actually portrays Michael Keaton and dig in all that that okay. um, 
five. Which of his films um, impressed you the most? The ones that you have seen? Babel is nice. Babel is intense. Okay, alright. In, in a good way. In a why do you say way. that? Again, well, I think it's not particularly the for me what is appealing is the storyline that that's got to do with it yeah. so yeah probably um, in Naruto also write the screenwriter it's himself maybe yeah so again it's it's so intense and it covered a lot of um, aspect and I think Babel one isn't it Babel one if I'm not mistaken okay well one 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 something one an award won an award because of um, how good it's been played out in every of the scenes. Yeah, for me, one of the strengths of Babel was the ability of the director to balance the different yeah. kind of characters, the, the development and the relationship from one character to the next. Yeah. I, I will always appreciate Babel for introducing to the wider world the talents of Rinko Kikuchi, the yeah. Japanese but actress. I think she's stuck in a rut, isn't it? She was in Pacific Rim last year, and then she was in this film called Norwegian Wood, which was based oh. on a very famous yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, novel, Haruki Murakami. Yeah. All right, which is an astounding book. I, I've, I've read it, and it blows your mind. Existential, those kind of things. Oh God, it's so freaking deep. I, I love that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. Right. So uh, that's what she did. Um, but unfortunately, she's not in Birdman. Okay. Mm-hmm. A number of other actresses, Amy Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrea Riceborough, uh, Emma Stone, we mentioned it earlier. All right, mm-hmm. Naomi Watts as well. Okay, so there's a lot of very well-known actors and actresses who appear in Birdman. Um, Link Lighter, I guess, for the dedications. Twelve years, man. Yeah. One project. I do feel that that is one of the factors that uh, this film has has been selected. Uh, Dedication. It's it's rewarding the effort. Okay. In which case, um, for for you, uh, the very least, is there any film that you think uh, whose director should have been nominated in in place of any of these uh, esteemed gentlemen here? The director of PK. No. The director of PK. Well, I tell you what, we probably should widen. Widen? Yeah, why did I never put any Bollywood directors in this? <laughs> there, there is an issue as well. How, oh, for, for um, you at least. Um, Morton Tildum is actually the newcomer, right, as we discovered before. Yes. Um, not a lot of um, Hollywood type of film that he did. Mm-hmm. So it was a great acknowledgement for his work, I guess, mm. in terms of um, imitation games. But it still is. Is uh, a Hollywood film, right? Imitation Game still for for intense yeah, purposes. A very yeah, Western-ish kind of film. So um, it seems like a very closed shop. And one of the controversies that surrounds this category is also uh, related to the Best Picture mm. uh, selection. So then we move on to the category. The nominees are American Sniper, okay, Birdman, Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, Imitation Game. Selma, Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Now, here's the thing. Um, American Sniper was directed by Clint Eastwood. Right? And surprisingly, it is a huge box office juggernaut right now. It's raking in the money like nobody's business. Right? So far, yeah, I think film, in my opinion, is that patriotic angle. Do you think that such films... Um, Deserve a nomination? Well... It, American Sniper has been quite lacking in a lot of the other categories with the exception of perhaps 
um, screenplay and, and best actor you know, in relation to a lot of the other films he did not receive that many mm-hmm. um, do you think that uh, American Sniper um, is there simply because it's a patriotic film uh, well I, I, that one was particularly the main factors and another thing that again the storyline and the acting is superb actually according mm-hmm. to people All right. I haven't seen American Sniper I'm, to be honest that's not um, movies that I like to enjoy actually uh, war kind of films I'm, I don't really enjoy that kind of films before okay. it's, not, it's not just around my alley but I think the Clean Eastwood factors, the the world that we're living in, it would be something that contributing to the American sniper. Okay. And then the story of you know courage, braveness, you know, all of that was definitely one of the uh, contributing factor. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, the story is of a soldier who's coming home, so to speak, uh, finish up on his assignment yeah, in, in war zones. So I think it does tap into a lot of how Americans do feel about the engagement of their soldiers overseas in very foreign lands. So I think these are factors worthy of consideration yeah. in, in analyzing how a film like um, American Sniper has become successful. Okay. Um, another notable omission from a lot of the categories, Selma. Are you aware of Selma? And... and and what Again, the it's about. a civil rights movement, mm-hmm. right? Civil yeah. rights movement. Yeah, it's, it's related to uh, the Martin Luther King right. story. Selma, I think, is the story of his wife, if I'm not mm. mistaken. And again, the producer was uh, Oprah Winfrey, right? <laughs> one of the producers. And if you watch any Oprah Winfrey show, you know that she's putting a lot of respect of um, Selma, mm. the wife of Martin Luther King. Do you watch the Oprah Winfrey show? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I do watch that. But I, I particularly remember that she's uh, considered her as an icon, probably the most influential uh, figures of all time. Mm. So I think the level of admirations has driven her to make this project. Okay. Right. Make Selma. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But Selma has been shut out from a lot of the other categories like mm-hmm. Best Director, Actress and whatnot. Yeah. Um, do you think this is a reflection of the attitudes American on society. race in, in, um, in America? Uh, I, okay. it's, it's so easy to play the racial cards mm. in this particular um, um, issues. Uh, for me personally, let's stick it to the film techniques because right. Oscar is about film. Yeah. We, I, I hate it that um, lots of this movie could be clouded by political agenda, by mm. racial agenda, but in terms of Selma, there's a lot of, um, again, the main characters, the one who actually played Martin Luther King is not that well known, right? So, again, that will actually count it in, into a factor mm. that it's not a huge box office in particular, in my opinion, mm. as I know of. And it's not a driven factor for an audience to go to to film theater and to watch it because, again, there's a lot of um, um, unknown actors, in yeah. my opinion. So let's just stick it to the uh, racially, as a, to the technical side, not yeah. the racial cut. It's, it's, it's because if you're talking about the racial cut, if you want to play that racial cut, then definitely... It will become very intense and it's beyond movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. 
something more than that. Perhaps a lot of people do expect this film to be more than just a film. For me personally, I, I can see why people will be upset. Uh, but at the same time, the the only way in which we can appease popular opinion, if you like, uh, to make people feel as if there's some sort of parity is to ensure that every year there must be one film that features a coloured character yeah. or about a, a, a coloured story, so to speak. Yeah, come it, to think of it, yeah. I mean, for my part, uh, however however you like to spin it, the fact is, it's all very limited. There's only five uh, slots, for example, for the best director, right? For some of the categories, you only have three. Maybe, okay? maybe the fact that this year there's not a lot of... Um, there's not a lot of... Uh, Racial issue types of film being made that year. I don't know. That's why it's limited for the color character as well. Um, I, I'm not so sure about that. That, that. that could be a factor. I would say though that perhaps mm-hmm. uh, the fact that uh, right now a lot of people are feeling the racial pinch, so to speak, mm-hmm. is, uh, issues related to uh, the police as well as Ferguson, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all these are all very strong racial issues that has been explored in a number of different ways. And I do feel that some people feel oppressed yeah. more often than not. And so when a film that focuses on a very strong uh, coloured character is not nominated in a lot of the major categories, I would think that people would take it um, in a negative way. I'm not sure whether they're taking it the right way or the wrong way, but for my part, um, what do you want to do? Do you want to ensure that every year there will always be a film that features a, a, a black actor who wins something? I mean, last year alone, uh, such a film won 12 Years a Slave, right? 12 Years a Slave won. So what does that mean? Do people forget that last year completely and just focus on this year and therefore everybody else is racist? I'm not entirely sure, right? I'm not, again, I've not seen the film. It could be that the film itself is not considered to be as well directed as the others. I don't know, right? It could be that you and I, we watch this film and then we think, well, it's probably not all that. Right? Yeah. But to be honest, as well, like uh, for a movie goer perspective, I don't think I want to watch Selma. Why not? Again, um, like I said, the well-known actors, well-known actress, uh, kind of actor. The only name that I recognize from Selma is probably right. And that's is actually the producer of it. All right. So probably that in the in the commercial side, probably not appealing as much as like again Grand Budapest, who already have their own community, hmm. Boyhood have their own community as well, and then I think Inaruto has a strong Following. follower as yeah. well. Well, you know, so it's it's a bit of um, theory of everything. I would definitely Stephen Hawking has a lot of um, followers, obviously. Um, so it's a bit in a way you could see the segmented here. Yeah, true. The target audience is very clear. It's, um, and in this in this case, I suppose you and I we are probably not a part of the target audience intended for the film Selma. Yeah. Right? And this, I think. And, um, and we and to be honest, I cannot really relate to Selma. Selma is very uh, American, American-minded. If you mm. say something like that, because it happened with civil rights in America, what's not? So yes. for us in Asia, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you've got that going on in your country. Oh, okay. We have other things that happen in our country as well. You know, those kind of things. All right. Something to consider. Something to consider. All right. It does not translate as well across different borders and boundaries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. For now, though, okay, we are coming to the end of this whole Oscars look, or this whole look at the Oscars, right? 
how important is the Oscars still? Do you still look at it as the barometer of how good a film or filmmaker is, or is, is it yeah, not really yeah, all that? Yeah, definitely a barometer. Okay. Um, and it is, it, is, it the, is it the ultimate barometer? Well, up until because a lot of people, but, yeah. a lot of people look at this and think that this is all that. A parameter for the Western film. Mm-hmm. That's what we, my, my opinion would be. Mm. And then, you know, I'm, I'm not going to play the globalization card or the the develop developing cards. Mm. But again, it's still considered as a good uh, barometer yeah. for filmmaker. But, and for for us living in Indonesia, watching Oscar definitely exposes us to a lot of films mm. that we cannot have in our own country. What does that do? Does that make you more aware? Yeah, it's, or does, it's it, sort of does like, it make you feel upset? It doesn't make me feel upset, upset but for me, I, I look at it as a form of promotion mm. in a way. Because again, some people realize or really want to watch the film mm-hmm. after they watch the award. I see. Alright, that, that could have that effect as well. Alright, uh, ultimately for me, I think it's worthy to pay attention to the Oscar, but to accept it as the ultimate barometer uh, is probably not all that correct. I do think that perhaps it's just as worthy to pay attention to who's nominated at the Cannes Film Festival, at Busan, um, at Venice, Berlin, so on and so forth, right? Rotterdam as well, uh, a number of uh, these festivals throughout the world, okay? Alright, anyways, <laughs> we're done, and the kid at the next table is crying, so we're just going to finish this, and that's our cue to finish this session right now, mm-hmm. thank you very much for your time, thank you, thank you for welcoming back, <laughs> more than happy to, alright, right. ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time, we will catch you in the next episode. Okay.